Hello, and welcome to episode 64 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. Today's episode is part two of a two-part series on email management. Part one is about personal email management practices and getting to inbox zero, which was episode 60, and I highly suggest that you check it out if you haven't yet. I talk about how I changed my own personal email habits and made my life so much less stressful and my inbox so much more manageable. Now today is all about team email practices. While not all emailing is among team members, for many teams, email is the primary form of staying connected. And just like any other collaborative practice, having explicit agreements for when and how email should be used from both a conceptual level down to that logistics level can streamline communications and save everyone time and energy. But before we get into email, I often get asked about what podcasts I listen to. So each week, I am sharing one podcast that I enjoy that you might also enjoy. So this week, I want to tell you about The Science of Success with host Matt Bodner. Matt interviews guests about the science behind how our brains work, why we think the way we think and do the things we do. And I am super nerdy about this kind of stuff, so I just love the topics and experts that Matt brings on. If you're looking for a good episode to start with, and honestly, you can't go wrong with any of them. Try The Shocking Secret You Must Know to Create Lasting Behavior Change with John Asaroff. He articulates some principles that, in concept, I knew, but he just makes them so real. Go to successpodcast.com to check it out. And lastly, a warm welcome to Simon F., the newest member of the Modern Manager community. I also just want to say a quick thank you to those of you who are supporting me and the show via Patreon. While I moved the membership community to my own website, some of you have opted still to donate monthly on Patreon without becoming a member. So to Whitney L. and Tyler C. and everyone else who is donating via Patreon, thank you so much for your support. Now on to the show. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. I started this series on email because I aspired for a long time to get to Inbox Zero, which is just as much a mindset as a status. Inbox Zero doesn't necessarily mean that you have zero emails in your inbox, although that is always my personal goal every time I open my email. But it also means that I don't need to spend any extra brain power on email. Email is zero distraction during my day. To get to both of these states, an empty inbox and that calm mindset, you need your email to be manageable. So again, in episode 60, I talk about some of the personal practices that you can do that will help you both clean out your inbox and get you to that mindset. But logistically, the most obvious way to make email more manageable is to just have fewer emails coming in. But in reality, this might actually be the hardest thing to make happen because we're not totally in control of how many emails we get every day. Don't worry, because there are a number of things that you can do with regards to how email is used among your team members and therefore strongly influence how many emails you get and send every day. Here are the four principles and related tactics for more effective team email. First up, principle number one, clarify what belongs in an email versus in a chat or a meeting or a phone call or any other method of communication. Email is only one form of how we communicate in our communication toolbox. Before you can dig in on the nitty gritty of crafting good emails, 
it's helpful to be aligned on when an email is the right modality. Some teams use email for almost everything. They don't have a chat app and rarely meet, whereas other teams rarely use email and rely heavily on chat or their task collaboration platform like Basecamp or Asana. Each team is different, so there is no hard and fast rule about when or how to use email, except that email is generally well-suited for the following. Sharing one-way information, similar to an update or a memo. Communicating with external stakeholders who aren't on your other communication platforms. Asking a multiple-choice question or a few simple questions at once. Starting a discussion to gauge if a meeting is necessary. Delivering documents or links to additional content and non-urgent requests. So the first thing to do is to take stock of all your communication options and think about what each modality is best used for. I suggest doing this with your entire team as a group activity. You can list all the modes that your team uses and ask everyone to brainstorm what kinds of information or activities or decisions we should use each of these different methods for. The full guide to this episode contains instructions for how to facilitate this kind of activity with your team. But in short, part of that process, you'll ask the team to figure out where should tasks get assigned? Where should different types of decisions get made? Where should urgent requests be made? Where should different types of information be shared? You may decide that some information should be shared by email, but not in an email. What I mean is that you may decide that updates or meeting notes should be shared by email, but the content will be typed into a document which will be attached to the email. I love this approach because it allows you to use a format that is best suited for the content, and then email simply becomes the delivery tool. All right, principle number two, craft thoughtful emails. Email has become a quick form of communication, which sometimes means we aren't as thoughtful as we should be when writing them. Shorter, more succinct emails are generally better than long-winded ones, but they can take more time to write. Spending those extra five minutes to craft a well-written email is worth it. You'll reduce the need for back-and-forth exchanges for everyone if your email content is clear from the start. If you're assigning a task, especially in an email to multiple people, include the three W's, who the task is assigned to, what the action is, and when it should be done. This may seem obvious, but I cannot tell you how many emails I get, and I'm sure you do too, where it is not clear what the exact request is or when I need to get it done by, which makes it less likely that I'll do it, and it puts the onus on me as the recipient to figure all of that out. The more specific you can be, the better. If you're writing to the whole team, does the action need to be done by each person, like everyone needs to read the pre-work for the meeting, or only one person, like Mamie, please update page two on the slide deck. The same is true for the assignment. The more precise you can be with the task, the better. For example, instead of, please read the attached and let me know what you think, try, please read the attached and make any suggestions using track changes or by leaving comments directly in the document. Specifically, I'm looking for your perspective on any watchouts or roadblocks we may have missed as we move from planning to implementation. This was an example using a task, but the same is true for any kind of information you want to share. If you're asking for people to make a decision, have you clearly articulated the question and the options? If the email writer pauses for just a minute to reread their email and make sure that the information, the decision, the action, the request, whatever it is, is clear, it will save everyone so much time and energy. Just as important as the email body is the subject line. Agreeing to norms around subject line structure and purpose can streamline the email process, 
because one, people know what they're getting when they read the headline. And two, it simplifies future searching because you get the gist of the email when scanning through your old archive headlines. Personally, I find it extremely helpful to use bracketed words at the start of an email subject line. I actually do this for everything, including the external teams that I work with. For example, I'll use action needed, FYI, response needed, decision needed, to give a sense of what type of information and action are expected. And on occasion, I'll use urgent or update as signifiers. The rest of the subject line should be like a headline. What's the critical information the reader needs to know? As a team, you can brainstorm and agree to what your bracketed terms will be and how you'll use them. That doesn't mean that every email needs to start with a bracket, but it does help with that pausing for a second, because if you can't figure out what to put in the bracket, you may want to reconsider whether you should send that email. And of course, when crafting thoughtful emails in response, don't just hit reply all and forget about the subject line. I love that many email systems thread emails, making it easier to follow a conversation. But if the topic has changed, you need to change the subject line appropriately and consider who the recipients of the email should be. Is it the same group as before or do some need to be moved off and others moved on? Okay, principle number three, structure emails consistently. One thing that makes email challenging is that everyone writes differently and organizes their thoughts differently. Without being too strict, it's worth a discussion with your team about how to structure emails and use formatting consistently to help draw people's attention to the most important information. For example, do you always put response due dates in bold? Or do you always write tasks as name, colon, action, dash, due date, and put them on separate lines? Do you always write questions in a bulleted list? And what about when responding? Should you embed your response to direct questions in the email below or use all caps or color code? Should you copy and paste the question into the new drafting area and then respond? These things may seem trivial, but they can actually have a surprising impact on the readability. Again, there aren't any right answers. It's about finding the ideal fit for your team that streamlines your communication without overtaxing people. You definitely don't want people to have to remember 25 different formatting techniques every time they write an email, but just agreeing on one or two or three that can make the most difference for your team shouldn't be too much to ask. Last up, principle number four, agree on niceties and norms. Is that thank you response really necessary? Will you upset the other person if you don't send it? Or will you bother them with another email in their inbox if you do? There are many different positions on email niceties, so as a team, you want to agree to explicit expectations to avoid accidentally upsetting any given team member by either sending or not sending those thank you notes. And it's not just the thank you notes, it's also the other kinds of niceties that some of us feel obligated to include in our intros or closings. Lots of confusion and frustration come when email norms aren't explicit. If I don't respond to your email, does it mean that I agree to it or not? Try not to make assumptions, since that's where we get into sticky situations. Agree explicitly as a team. If a response is requested, first and foremost, it's on the writer to be clear about the request and the due date. Then it's on the responder to respect the time frame. If there's no response, what happens? Does the email initiator have to follow up? Or do they interpret the non-response? Is there an agreement that non-response equals, I'm okay with whatever you've proposed? Clarify the norms for niceties and responses, including the time frame for responding to everyday emails. When you say that people should get back to each other in a reasonable time frame, 
What does that mean? Are you talking three hours by the end of the day or within 24 hours? Are people expected to reply to email outside of work hours? And what about if something's marked urgent? Do you have an email received response that is expected so that the sender knows the other person is on it? This could be as simple as, got it, or have a more detailed response like, your email's been received, but I'm out of the office, so I'll respond fully when I'm back around 2 p.m. I have a norm with one team that I work with that if they send me an email and it's urgent, they also send me a text to alert me that the email's in my inbox waiting for me. Otherwise, they know I won't get to it for a few hours. So to quickly recap, the four principles to make team email more effective are, number one, clarify what belongs in an email and what should be done through a different communication format. Number two, encourage everyone to craft thoughtful emails. Number three, structure emails consistently. And number four, agree on niceties and norms. To get your team on the same page with email practices, you'll first need to decide which approach you want to start with. If it's something relatively small, like how to use subject lines, you can probably just add it to a standing team meeting agenda and introduce the concept and ask the group to brainstorm a list of words that could be used in brackets, type them up live for everyone to see, and write one sentence about when that word should be used. Then agree to have everyone use this format, bracket, word, bracket, with then the rest of the subject line, for about two weeks and get together again to reflect on whether they're the right words and how it's going. If, on the other hand, you want to rethink how email is being used overall, I suggest gathering for a specific meeting or possibly a series of meetings. The full episode guide contains a sample agenda for this meeting, but in short, consider doing the following to generate buy-in. First, frame email as one form of communication and that you'd like to explore how each of your communication modes are being used, starting with email. Together, generate a list of all the places or ways the team communicates and then brainstorm what kind of information, actions, and decisions should be shared or done in each of those modes. Think about what is best suited for each of them, and also what they're not well suited for. Then dig into your email practices. Agree to what will be shared by email and explore how those things will be shared. You can offer a few options like how the team uses subject lines or how to format task requests. A lot of what I talked about earlier. And again, you don't need to overload the team. So go big with a brainstorm, but then narrow down to a few things you want to try based on what the group feels will be the most useful to start with. You'll want to schedule some follow-up meetings for two to four weeks from this time to check in on how things are going. You can use a start-stop-continue approach to have the group reflect on the new practices. What benefits have people been experiencing? Have any new challenges surfaced? And then what does the group want to continue doing? stop doing, and try doing next. This should be an iterative, ongoing process so that the group is continually refining and enhancing its email practices. The free mini guide this week has an overview of the principles and practices for you to share with your team. And the full guide contains that sample meeting agenda and some activities to help you introduce the idea and facilitate coming to agreement on new team email practices. The mini guide for today's episode is available at mamieks.com slash miniguides. To get the full guide to today's episode, join the Modern Manager community. Go to mamieks.com slash join. That's M-A-M-I-E-K for Canfer, S for Stuart, dot com slash join. And for $15 per month, you get all of the episode guides and guest bonuses to help you implement the learnings from each episode. But if you'd like to get just this episode guide, 
You can purchase it and any other individual full guide at mamieks.com slash store. All the links are in the show notes and they're in your inbox along with that free mini guide if you subscribe to my newsletter, which you can do at mamieks.com slash podcast. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player, and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.